Hey guys, it's Brandon and Brandon here with the Random Fandom Podcast. Here we are. So here we are with the 40th episode. We are coming to you with a little bit of somber news today. As previous listeners might know, we live in the Northern California area. Specifically Sonoma County. Yep, which was the uh, worst region hit by the Northern California fires. Yeah, and what a surprise it was to wake up last week and just hear the news and the ongoing devastation. It's been pretty pretty yeah. rough. So on Life's sun- kind of been put on hold for a lot of people. Yeah, oh, absolutely. On Sunday the 8th, we all woke up to news or phone calls with, hey, are you okay? The, the, no get idea. out of your house, depending on where, you're, where you are. Um, yeah, having no idea that these fires have started. And so for those of you who don't know, the uh, we had quite a bit of wildfires start. Yeah, three counties. Patches, yeah, in different patches around here. And a lot of bleeding and wind pushing we had fires like, from one area to another. We had 50 mile per hour or plus winds Crazy. blowing the fire, just feeding it, just blowing it all around, making it impossible to contain. The night before the fire, when I went to bed, I was like, damn, it is really windy. Me too. And then, of course, lo and behold, a fire starts yeah. and perfect storm, and it really sucks. So uh, we are a week later it is now sunday a week later from when this started and they are still fighting fires we are still getting warnings on our phones about certain regions that have to be evacuated yeah uh, we are both safe our, our 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 houses are both safe at the moment and i think they will be going forward hopefully yeah. but we do both know people who were affected yeah if you've been reading the news whether it's you know some big news like yahoo or local news that has a little more detail um you know, there's some exaggerations out there, but at the core of it, there's very little. There's thousands of homes that have been destroyed, thousands of buildings. So much acreage, so much displacement. Um, we Parks, we're yeah. still dry, we're still trying to live life normally here in this uh, in wake of this, and you, as best you can when when half the businesses are closed, half of our off ramps are, are closed because for the, safety, all of our schools the are air closed. Air quality sucks. Everyone's walking around with a mask like it's like yep. downtown China. It's, I work I work in education, and I didn't work at all last week really because there's no point when yeah all of the educators are not in school. So we just want to let you guys know this in case you haven't heard. Um, it's obviously a, a regional thing, but it has very big impact. I mean, we've got PG&E workers, uh, first responders, emergency services coming in from out oh, of state. And yeah, fire firefighters are coming from everywhere. So yeah, the effects of this Nurses thing are... Nurses are coming to the shelters. Um, yeah. I've, I've volunteered in the first few days at an evac center and uh, that one specifically had quite a bit of elderly because there's an elderly community That's that was pushed out of their homes. My and grandma we was had a lot of one of those. She yeah. lives in a retirement community, went up in flames, and thank God they got everybody out. But unfortunately, as time and news stories have been revealing and coming out, not everyone's been so fortunate. So why are we bringing this up on a, a podcast about geek culture? Well, it's real, and sometimes life is more important than you know, the stuff that we talk about. Yeah, geek, geek so, culture is fun, but this is uh, something that we're all really dealing with and we're not going to make in Northern California. This whole recording about that, we're eventually going to get into the stuff that uh, we're accustomed to. But first, we just want to say why we have your attention. If you feel like you want to help out in any way, of course, if you're here, do it. If you're outside of here, you can still do it a couple different ways. Of course, Red Cross is all over this county uh-huh. and you can just go to redcross.org and follow some links there. There's plenty of GoFundMe pages uh, for people who have lost, you know, whether it's their home or their pets or just whatever mm-hmm. in between. And then, of course, uh, a really good one to get your money securely donated is www.unitedwaywinecountry.org. All one word, 
unitedwaywinecountry.org if you want to make a monetary donation. And all you have to do is just search North Bay Fires. If you have any inclination or ability or want or desire, uh, help out any way you can because not only is help needed right now in the midst of this, there's going to be a long, long rebuilding process. We have a couple billion dollars, I think, so far in actual damages. And people are going to... We don't have the, the, the workforce to rebuild this community just in a no. snap here. So it's going to take us years. The same way that in 1906, when, when we were hit very hard with the, the California earthquakes, and it, I mean, crumbled Santa Rosa, but Santa Rosa came together and rebuilt, and that's what we're going to do. That is the hope. So if you have any questions, again, let's just have you search North Bay Fires. How can I help? At the core of it, just go online and look it up. But like we said, redcross.org, plenty of GoFundMe opportunities. You can look at people's Facebook page. There's links there. Mm -hmm. And the most um, established one of which, again, is unitedwaywinecountry.org. And uh, thank you very much for letting us take a few minutes just to kind of fill you in. Not to start on too down of a note, but I think we can move on. Now on to the stuff that uh, makes us happy. Let's talk about geek culture. And it's been a while since we've been able to record for the reason we just mentioned and yep. otherwise. So that means there's a lot of content for us to backtrack and catch up with. And most of it today is going to revolve around... we got a new Stranger Things Season 2 trailer. So excited. We've got a new Red Dead 2 trailer. Very excited. And I know you're very, very, very excited about Star Wars Last Jedi trailer. I can barely trailer. contain it. I know. I yeah. can see that. I, I can see the way you smile and get all gleeful when you... Discuss it. It's very gleeful. Um, Amongst other things, too. There's some other stuff in the mix there, too. Also, we want to talk about Bob's Burgers. Have you heard that it is getting the big screen adaptation? We'll fill you in with a few more details when we get to it. A lot of games to discuss this month. Big game for months. Big month for games. (laughs) (laughs) I knew what you meant. Thank you. And uh, by the way, if we get time, um, we're going to have a very special interview that we actually pre recorded earlier this week. We want to play back for you. We're not going to tell you who it's with, though. You got to stay around. To the end. Very cool special guest. You'll want to stick around for it. Before we get into all of that, though, we want to tell you about the people who are making this episode of Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon possible. Special 40 shoutouts going to the following fake sponsors. Now, the first one is one that you brought to us, Brandon, but I believe they just sent you a recording. Yeah, if you guys wouldn't mind, uh, this isn't going to apply to everyone, but if you've ever found yourself in this situation, you'll want to hear a word from the following sponsor. Hello. I'm Carl Stroganoff, attorney at law. Have you or someone you know been unjustly outed by the fault of others? You should always be the one exiting the closet when you're ready. If you've been pushed out before you're ready, you are entitled to legal compensation. Let the out law offices of Stroganoff and Gerstein guide you through the process. Our attorneys will handle your deeply personal case with care and sensitivity. We have successfully represented many clients in the past, such as T.R. Knight, Queen Latifah, Anderson Cooper, and your mom, and hopefully will represent Brandon Jewell in the very near future. No matter what type of privates you wish to practice with, let our private practice help you with premature outing. That's the out law offices of Stroganoff and Gerstein. The following was a paid legal endorsement for the out law offices of Stroganoff and Gerstein, presented by Random Fandom with Brandon Brandon. Big thank you to the out law offices of Stroganoff and Gerstein. Am I saying that right? Yeah, they're going to represent you in the future. I hope so. Yeah, uh, Brandon, 
Yep. That's not the only fake sponsor making this episode possible. Tell us about um, this sweet little treat. It is a sweet treat brought mm. to you by the creators of Laffy Taffy. This is Fappy Taffy. A little sweet, a little salty, a little sticky. Don't ask what's in it. Fappy Taffy by the creators of Laffy Taffy. I probably don't want to flip back and read the ingredients, huh? Nope. Well, thank you if you uh, like those fake sponsors. And if you don't, keep listening. They get better with time, no, maybe. They they I don't know. Hey, you know what? I forgot to mention. We were talking about what's ahead of us in this recording. The whole basis for this week, really, a.k.a. our topic of the week, Blade Runner 2049. Oh, we didn't even mention that in when the beginning. When we did our last recording, we were talking about those little vignettes we watched. Like, hey, yeah. are they hyping us up for the movie? We're like, yeah, hopefully. And now that we've both seen it, we're going to talk about it. It's our topic of the week. It's Blade Runner 2049. Warning to anybody who has not seen Blade Runner 2049, this is going to be a full spoiler review. That intends to, anyways. I mean, we we were actually discussing ahead of time, do we want to do a spoiler? Is it, is it too soon? To but talk about this movie and do it justice, I feel we need to. I think, I think we do. Uh, so where do we start on this? Let's just kind of do the overarching, what did you think of it, Brandon? I thought it was awesome. I did not have high expectations for this movie because mm-hmm. it just seemed so like, what what is this about? And it's like, is this movie even necessary? Well, you saw the first one, right? Yes, several okay. times. That original movie, the Ridley Scott masterpiece, visionary, cinematic, whatever, <laughs> it came out in 1982 and it's kind of a boring movie. I think it's, you, yeah, it's, you touched it's, on it last time. It's great. It's got a great story. It's got that good noir feel and cool detective work and stuff like I think that. It's very well directed. Yes. And the cinematography is gorgeous. And the special effects. For the time being, especially. For the time being, were amazing. But as a story, it's, it's not that compelling. It's not compelling. It's very slow. Very. And oddly pieced together in some ways. Can I say this movie, in my opinion, blew that one out of the water? I agree. And. It was a sequel, kinda, but it stood on its own. There's just a few. Well, no, other... it definitely was a sequel, but not a direct sequel. It felt like it's like like way later down the line. Well, you know? thirty years later, which yeah. is cool because the original movie came out thirty years ago. Thirty-five years ago, nineteen eighty-two. Oh, was it thirty-five? Oh yeah. Well, either way, I just like the fact that that same amount of time or similar when amount of time has passed. Life. Yeah, that that is pretty cool. And the thing is, is if you hadn't seen the first one, there's you're gonna be left out in the dark a little bit. But the first, like, on-screen um, captions really kind of fill you in very well. Like, just saying, here's yeah. what's happened since. There are certain things with Harrison Ford's character, though, and I, I can't recall his... Deckard. Deckard? Okay. Yeah. There's certain things with that character that are, are important to know in this movie. Like, yeah. how he ran away with the replicant and... and henceforth, the, the child that they keep talking about in this is theirs, right? And if you didn't know who he was, what he was before that, that he was a Blade Runner and was hunting the replicants. Yes, and only to retire then, them. Yeah, Please only look to up into the then follow, fall in love with one. And that that's the reason he's ran away. And in order, they don't really, I guess this whole movie does not spell anything out for you very easily which is one of the things I like about it. They let you come to your own conclusions. They did a great job of crafting that for you, letting you come to it. And if you had seen the previous movie, then it's a lot easier to come to your own conclusion about what exactly is happening. And there are a few, I guess, cameos, like his old partner uh, that shows up in the retirement home, and then the replicant Sean Young, or that was uh, Rachel, was her name? 
Uh, yeah, the one that Decker falls in love with. Yeah, yeah, and then they kind of bring Just her back. Digitally, yeah, kind of like the... when Tupac comes on stage at a hologram concert. <laughs> Same thing. Same idea, basically. A hologram just... concert. <laughs> yeah, you know, those... <laughs> Gem and the holograms are the uh, headlining. I band. knew what you meant. Yeah, thank you. Tupac and Gem and the holograms. That's a hot ticket. Sorry, don't mean to get <laughs> off track. What I want to say uh, specifically now that we've kind of given you just like an overview and what we thought of it, how good was Ryan Gosling? I mean, I don't want to suck his balls or anything, but he was yeah, great. He acted with his face so much in this movie. There's very minimalist dialogue, and yeah. there's not a lot of characters. I think well, that, and like, that's the style of the first movie, too. Yes, that's true. Where the dialogue is odd, where you're kind of wondering what they're trying to get out of this conversation, but it's the tone and the directing and the storytelling overall that kind of helps piece it together. And this one has done that exact same way, where everything's kind of slow, there's not much dialogue. So you, again, nothing's spelled out. Yes. You have to kind of piece things together. But I agree with you. Ryan Gosling did a wonderful job of playing a replicant who... And they, they don't make any secrets about that. They tell you within oh, yeah. the first five... Well, That's not even not tell spoiler, you, they yeah. show you within the first five minutes, and then it's later confirmed just very shortly after the opening scene with... A great Dave Batista, Right. He was in it for five, ten minutes, but he did a great job for his part. And yeah. he was very pivotal as to the then the story that gets unearthed and this movie revolves around. Mm-hmm. I, I love the scenery. The scenery. Can we talk about that for a second? Well, the cityscapes are just gorgeous. Just beautiful. Everything's felt huge. Like you were so small. Yeah. Uh, and very... But also wide open. Because when yes. they go to... They go to like Vegas, I think it was, right? Oh, Where, to find Harrison Ford. To find Harrison Ford. Yeah. And everything's desolate and very fallout looking, you know, post-apocalyptic. Yeah. And just that. But like with a future touch to it though. Yeah. Too, like floating cars still. Well, that's the thing. That 30 years ago or so, maybe 20 years ago, depending on when that city fell, but it used to be a bustling city and now it's just a wasteland. Yeah. And so it really paints this picture about what has happened in those 20 to 30 years. So Ryan Gosling... Uh, is tasked with a mission to basically find a child that was had between two... Well, that's 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 another thing. I'm sorry, I'm going to jump ahead real quick, but come back to my point. You still don't know, because they raise questions in the first Blade Runner, and they continue to raise the question here, is Deckard himself a replicant? And you don't know. They do not say definitively. Yeah, they do not. You kind of get the idea that he's a human, though. Yeah. You get that idea, but I, I don't know, because I remember them teasing that in the last movie, and I don't remember if they really spelled it out for you and said yes or no. But right. But the question comes is, how does a replicant in any way, whether with a human or not, how does a replicant have a child? And that's a huge kind of stepping point for replicants as... Because they're not well, seen the as evolution people. of their consciousness. Right. Because they were slave laborers. And then when they, after the blackout, and then Jared Leto's character Wallace brings them back mm-hmm. to be basically farmers, it said from the well, beginning. slaves, really. Yeah, but not as as indentured of a feeling like they had a little more free of will, but ultimately they still need to serve him at the end of the day. Well, no, because in that, um, in the, what do you call it? The, the vignettes. Yeah. They showed that they, I think what it is, is he's upgraded them to the point where they feel a little bit more emotion and a little bit more pain, physical pain, but they will still do what they're told. That's true. Because he's he makes one of them kill himself, even yeah. though he feels the pain of when he's doing it. Uh, yeah, and it's the, creepy. The, the the whole you know it's a very common element, and especially in sci-fi. But playing God and you know who is really mm-hmm. alive, they they just they did that very well. Um, Ryan Gosling 
is like when he goes for his post stress evaluations and the one after he figured he mm-hmm. thinks he's the child he's looking for and his circuits are scrambled and he starts like defying and he starts lying mm-hmm. and yeah he's ah it was so good and just his the way he he crafted that to fill you in he's tasked with finding a child after the opening scene because they find a pile of bones from what ends up being Sean Young's character Rachel from the first one and she had um a child but how could she? She's a replicant. That's not supposed to happen. So he is tasked, Ryan Gosling, by Madam, uh, by Robin Wright, mm-hmm. to find this child because that is the brink. If they find out replicants can have kids, all hell is going to break. Well, and she even says there's this sort of imaginary wall that's been built. Yeah, and there's a war waiting to happen if that breaks. Chaos, yeah. Exactly. And she feels like if that breaks down. So will society. Yes. In this already really drab future that's trying to rebuild itself after the blackout after everything went dark and then as he gets clues does some good detective work while still being an android himself he finds out that he's the child at least that's well, so what he thinks that, yeah. and they did that a good job of letting you the the viewer mm-hmm. try to figure that out along with him only to be like not really actually no you're not and what i really liked is uh and i don't remember who this person was or what her name was but she goes oh you thought you were the child we all wish we were the child right so the yeah, child's all, memories like, are imprinted on you and that well the thing is and is that's that why it felt so real to him the child memories pieces of that child's memories are in a lot of those replicants yes making a lot of them have to at once thought or wished it was them they wished they were the special one and most of them are not no sorry you were just created to fulfill your purpose yeah, you are still and that was such a good job but like remember when he's going into the uh the pd for the first time and the human cops are like yelling at him yeah. and like and skin job yeah yeah putting his head down and looking the other way it's like they're still very subservient and scared of humanity because they know what they are to the humans right and the, and humans are still dicks to them yeah there's not one nice human in this movie <laughs> you know what i really enjoyed about this is um the the love story oh between, between him and joy his, uh, yes, so it was really. So you good. have a replicant. It was really good. Falling in love with what is basically a hologram, right? And I, and then he gives her the ability to leave the apartment off of that, like track. kind of a portable device. Yes, yes. And so and she becomes conscious to some degree. Well, that's the thing. She is specifically meant. She doesn't really become conscious because she's just she's specifically her pro- programmed to say everything he wants to hear. And, and I kind of like how this love was built. And then when she dies, it breaks everybody's hearts, including the audience, you know. Oh, it was sad. And only later, then you kind of see the ads for it. And it's her. And she calls him Joe, both previously and the ad calls him Joe. Right, right? which like, almost diminishes it a little bit. The yeah, so, so the fact that he w- had the nickname Joe from her, from Joy... Made him feel like, oh, that's a name that my love gave me. But it turns out Joe is just the name that she always gives. Like, all of them always give. And so it really kind of waters it down. And you actually kind of, again, feel that sadness. But do you remember that specific scene when that giant hologram calls out to him? That's almost like the catalyst, though. All of a sudden, he's like, gets pissed and he wants to, like, make it. It makes him feel like he's not special. And I think that's one of the overarching themes of this movie is that. If you're a replicant, you have this constant struggle where everything is automated and no one is special. 
And it's, oh, you're just off an assembly line. Yeah, it's somebody. It's somebody with a consciousness who really has a desire to feel like they are special and they are more than they are built to be. But they're constantly reminded that no, you are still. You can't get rid of what you are. You still are a replicant, and you are just designed. No matter how you feel, it's this. Uh, I just I like that constant feeling of limbo that you as the viewer feel along with ryan gosling's character make no mistake about it this is a long movie even in spite of that i initially saw it for the first time last weekend i went and saw it yesterday again with my brother because i really want Mm -hmm. to and there's a lot to unpack in this movie in fact i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people who saw it first time go back and see it a second time because there is a lot in well, it to kind of, and I know. hope so because it's not doing that well at the box office. No, it was. Ne- I don't think it, I never thought it was going to be a big box office success, but I was kind of disappointed to see it was still number one, but at like thirty million, it was like on a hundred fifty million budget. So yeah, it kind I of mean, sucks it will, will. I think it will make its money back because I think it'll pick up. I think yeah, it'll get legs. Yeah, as it goes, but I actually think it's that not this, a blow you out of the water kind of movie. Well, it's not a blockbuster style blow no. you out of the water, but it is a blow you out of the water type movie because when you see action. it because you it's, don't it's expect story it. first, and then there's some yeah. action in and it. Just gorgeous scenery, and with yeah, the scenery was amazing. Just that dark, drab future. Uh, this director did an amazing job. He could t- you could tell yeah, he loved he, the original story, yes. and wanted to honor it, but also do kind of like enough to where it wasn't just no pun intended replicating the story from the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I get it. And Harrison Ford. I'm glad they made a point of showing Ryan Gosling is the star of this movie, even though Harrison Ford's character is, you know, the recognized. He's the star woman. power, but well, so, uh, Ryan he, Gosling he in, too, though. He's yeah. the star power, but but people will when people saw Harrison Ford in the trailers, that's when they were like, oh, I want to go see it now. He did a good job, and Harrison Ford came in like more than halfway in. Oh, easily. And I thought there's just two little funny things. I I remember saying this after seeing him uh, run in Indiana Jones. Yeah, and then when they did it, made him be Han Solo again and run. I'm like, oh, I hope they don't make him run this movie. And, and they, they did. There's like two scenes, and yeah. it's just like painful to watch like a 73 year old Harrison Ford run. I'm just, but they kept it to a minimum. Here's the thing that kind of was like, I'm like, am I a dick for saying this? But maybe, is it weird that like, is it hard for a director to go up to Harrison Ford and be like, hey, we're gonna recreate a crash scene because you know when his his ship crashes, you know, and how his real life he had that crash almost took his life. Is, okay. that, is that like at all like something that I don't is know. hard? I didn't I just, even know he was in a crash. In oh, in real life. life? Remember his own personal plane? You don't remember hearing about that? Yeah, we almost lost him a few years I back. I don't remember. Well, it didn't come to fruition, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, great. I don't know what you're talking about, so I can't relate. All in all, I think by the end of the year, this is going to be one of like my top five movies that I've enjoyed the most. It was, I think so. It was so well done. And I want to just give props to one little scene that probably is not that big in, in the, the scope of this really long movie. But when Joy, his hologram girlfriend, buys the services of that hooker who has a tie into uh, the secret faction underground, I thought that was such a beautifully done scene where they're like molding together. She's using mm-hmm. her consciousness, but on the girl's body. Mm-hmm. And they have this like really interesting love scene. And just to see like, I want to be real so bad. Yeah. That was a, like, I, that scene was emotional. I was, that, I mean, a good half point. of me was like, yeah, come on, show tits. But half of me was like, <laughs> this is really beautiful. Yeah, no, I uh, as a dude, I was totally thinking that same thing. Um, but no, it really was. And, and more than anything, as far as a love scene, it was it was made to show how much they both wanted to be real. Yeah. And together. So good. Yeah. And it, it just, I, I gave this movie on like my own personal scale, 
like a, a 9.5. I really thought yeah. this was a near perfect movie. I would I would give it probably like a 9.2. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm and the dog doesn't really die close. at the end. They keep the dog alive. Yeah, as soon yeah. as I see a dog in a movie where there's going to be guns and explosions, I'm like, oh, don't kill I the know. dog. And you don't know if that dog's uh, real Replicant. or not. No, he, he even Ryan yeah. Gosling. He goes, either. is that real? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? I think it was a great movie. If you haven't seen it yet, please go see it. You really should if you're it. a fan of the first one. You don't even No, really, don't even. It's not even, even about that. To, but it's just all the more to enjoy. Sure. You'll I, get more of this movie if yes. you know the first one. But it's it doesn't need the first one. This no, one it really doesn't. stands alone. stands alone. And if you didn't like the first one, it's okay. Because neither did I. And I really like this movie. So first one I didn't dislike. I was bored by it. Well, I was too. And that's why I didn't like it. And I was not bored by this one. But I did enjoy I did enjoy the visuals of the first one. But I think the the second movie had all of the visuals, all of the cinematic beauty, and all of the ways of storytelling as the first one, but done better and I guess I want to say in a more modern way. And it had more substance. It did. It really I, did. If I'm being honest, so it was good. Good stuff happening. Uh, we're gonna shift out of that. That was our topic of the week, and we're gonna talk about some other movie related notes because we got a lot of trailers to get to. Yeah, we do. Last Monday night, during Monday Night Football, uh, we were told we were going to get the second and potentially final Star Wars Last Jedi trailer. And did we? We did. Oh, yeah. Two hours, two minutes and 20 seconds. <laughs> two hour trailer. That's a long trailer. Yeah, it might even be longer than the movie itself. I cannot wait. December 15th, I've got it circled on my calendar. It's imprinted heavily on my mind. And you can buy tickets now. That They did the same marketing campaign two years ago. It was during Monday Night Football because now mm-hmm. Disney owns ABC, ESPN. Disney owns Star Wars. Beautiful. We should. Uh, we want to we see probably, it for your birthday, right? So we, we should probably find should the buy time and buy, start buying our tickets. There was a little bit of, I don't want to say stir, but just something that caught some people's attention. I was reading on some of the geeky sites that the director Ryan Johnston said, "Oh, if you don't want to know, you know, about potential plot points, don't watch this trailer." Right. He, he was that kind of saying his, that there were spoilers Twitter, in the trailer, and then he later recanted and said, "No, you should see it." So I don't know what that was all okay, about. So here's my thought about that. Real quick, yes. The trailer i think does have spoilers specifically around carrie fisher's uh character princess leia oh yeah and we, we as we all know in, in in real life carrie fisher dies and we know that she is not going to be her character is not to appear in episode nine w- right and so, so she's going that? to in some way either die or be you know story Disappear. the storyline makes her cast off somewhere and she lives a happily ever after life but we don't know what's going to happen, but they sort of telegraphed in this trailer that she dies by her son, Kylo Ren. Yeah. And so and is that I'm, a fake out or is that like, oh, I, whoops. That's what that I'm not slip. sure of. And if it really happens in the movie, then that was a big spoiler from the trailer. And maybe that's what the director was talking about. If they end up doing that, I would understand because it's almost like, well, now art needs to imitate life a little bit. You know, yeah. the, with what really happened. Relating back to episode seven, two years ago. I knew in my fandom heart that even before the first trailer, I thought to myself, Han Solo's got to be dead. Right. And now knowing, it's not like that Carrie Fisher doesn't want to play Leia anymore. She can't. Obviously. And they're not going to recast her. So I feel like, yeah, that's not really a spoiler, though. If they end up doing it. But But just how it happens. But here's the thing, though. In the story, they don't have to kill her. They could figure out a way to make it so that she retires or something right like she just or she has to look after someone so 
she goes and, and kind of is gone out of the story. So there's other ways to get rid of the character without killing her off. But in the trailer, they certainly show that she's killed off by Kylo Ren. They heavily suggest. Or they heavily they don't suggest. Show You're correct. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's what he was, what he was talking about. Because oftentimes, the director and the marketing department do not see eye to eye on oh, how completely. things should be. And this is one of those situations. And I wouldn't be surprised if the director was like, don't see it. There's spoilers. And then Disney was like, hey, hey, hey. Don't don't tell people not to see our trailer. That's huge big marketing money, yeah. for us. That's big money. And he goes, oh, okay, fine, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead and see it. Yeah, apparently he later deleted the tweet or recanted the tweet and by saying, oh, never mind, you should see it. So we'll see. I, I was going to watch it regardless. What do you think so, of the trailer, though? I'm just hyped up. I really, I'm excited that um, Ray and Snoke, basically, I know Kylo Ren's kind of like the mover, but the ultimate figure piece behind mm-hmm. this new evil uprising is Snoke. Right. So I'm excited to see that Ray and Snoke have at least some screen time together in this one. He's more than just a projection in this one. We actually get to see him physically. Sure. And uh, Kylo Ren, you know, there's a lot of fervor about, did he try to go after Luke? Is that what this trailer suggested? I mean, because obviously Luke, we haven't seen it, but the story is he started a new academy post Return of the Jedi. New Academy? Oh, yeah. The Jedi yes, Academy after or something like that. Yes, after Return of the Jedi, yeah. And then Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren blew it up, you know, when or right. killed all the younglings or what have you, Padawans, whatever. So He slaughtered them all, yes, like animals. Like animals. Thank you, Anakin. <laughs> Hayden Christensen, what up? But did he try to kill Luke? Or is that why went Luke? Well, I don't know. So there's going to be a lot. I can't wait for the story because it was like, hey, episode seven, yay, it had some good nostalgia vibes. I hope this one really starts to pick things up on its own accord and progress its own story. And tied to, there's still a lot of loose ends. Oh, I, I think this this trailer showed a lot of flashes of action, and give you a little bit more hints. But really, it did not give away anything. No, it really about didn't. Luke it was looks good about that. Salty and old. I can't wait to Slightly see. Slightly fat. A little bit. It's but, like how did you get so fat when you're on an island with no food? <laughs> good question. Anyway, the uh, force has more calories than <laughs> than we know. Um, Super excited! Yeah, December fifteenth. I really do hope this is the last trailer. I'm perfectly fine to leave it there and it will give. Be. I'm pretty sure it's a, two months from today of a wait. So what uh, other trailers? Keep going there with the the new mutants. Have, have you Coming seen this out trailer? Just recently, have you seen this? <laughs> April two thousand eighteen, a new mutants movie, and is it the first Marvel horror style? I don't movie? know. So the they, new mutants isn't supposed to be horror, but this trailer that they dropped. Out of nowhere, I had no idea it was coming. You know what would probably help us just, if we knew who the director was, and then we can look back at his credits sure. and say, "Oh, well, this is a horror style guy," or "No, he does just pure sure. action." That's true. The trailer it could really be totally looks misleading. Horror. It really, I mean, so they're in like in a, an asylum or a hospital. Well, basically, like it's a mutant asylum. Yeah, and, and they're being they experimented just, on. They just talk about how new mutants are more powerful than adult mutants because they haven't learned how to control their powers yet. Oh, with the rattlesnake comparison, a baby rattlesnake right. doesn't know how to regulate its venom, right. so it strikes them more. And so they're in this sort of like an insane asylum type looking place. But they're housed there for the safety of others or what you think. But it's like they're getting experimented on and it has a lot of horror vibes to it. They hinted very heavily that there's going to be jump scares in this movie and it's going to be probably rated R Pretty bloody from the looks of it. I have no idea. Uh, it's not the traditional story that I, I come to think of in my mind when someone says New Mutants. I think like more bright and vibrant and fun. But I'm okay with it if it makes for a good product. We'll have to wait six months to find out. I have uh, to admit, couple... I'm not really excited about it. I, yeah, I, it's I, not I, one that's jumping off the page. No. I'll go see it, but yeah, it's not not high of a priority. But This is not one of those I'll see on opening weekend. I'll wait 
and this, see what this, people say. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from it, too. Uh, a couple pop culture people popping up in mm-hmm. this one. What else am I thinking about? Uh, Arya Stark. Arya Stark shows up, and the, the dude from Stranger Things. Yeah, the uh, Will's older brother. We're going to talk about Stranger Things in just a moment. And I think, well, this kind of blends between topics of TV and movies. But it's a TV show that has now been announced for a movie in 2020. If you know what we're talking about, Bob's Burgers is going to the big screen. Uh, Fox has confirmed it. The show uh, creator, Lauren Burchard, if I'm saying that right, uh, has talked about it. And it's official. So as it's been stated, a Bob's Burgers movie has been ordered up. Uh, you know, quote unquote, for 2020. Puns. Is this going to work for uh, the big screen? Well, I don't know. It worked for South Park. Yeah, big time. It sort of worked for The Simpsons. I'd say so. I'd say that was one of the more successful ones you can point to. There's been a lot in the past that haven't been so funny that just feel like a long, drawn-out episode that doesn't end. Like the Family Guy ones? Yeah, even though yeah. those were straight to DVD. The Aquatine one. Oh, yeah. The second SpongeBob one. The first SpongeBob was great. That so, was actually a good movie. And there's been a lot of Nicktoons that have done it, too. So why not? Why not give it a, a go? It just, to me, the most reassuring thing of whatever this movie's going to be like in three years just says, okay, well, we're getting at least two more years between of now. Of the show. Of the show. Because so it's, not, it's not like the, sh- if it's the not show gonna go was going to go, yeah, if they were in danger of the show going off the air, they certainly wouldn't green light a movie. I almost feel like that's more exciting to me. I think they'll have a funny story, like Bob will finally, you know, break through as a successful cook. Tina will finally get Jimmy Jr. to fall in love with her. We'll probably see Louise finally take off the bunny ears. You know how they do little funny reveals, sure. like they save for like. Um, I don't imagine this is going to be an R-rated one. I totally see this no, being PG thirteen at best because Bob Burger is weird sometimes, but never like this. This this show has gotten popular because it can be really funny without, without having to be crude in any way. Not even PG-13 style. Yeah, I so. mean, the worst they talk about is butts and just like some potty humor <laughs> here and there. But it's like, yeah, I imagine Gene's going to make it as a comedian. Yeah, or I a think, musician. Yeah, thank you. That's what I meant. And yeah, I think it's going to be great. I'm excited for it. But that you said three years from now? Because 2020 is when it's announced oh, for. Oh, man. And it's at the end of 2017. So maybe like two and a half at best. All right. Well, that's We've got three calendar away. years. <laughs> All right. That's our movie discussion. Will you, did you want to hear us talk about TV? Then let's do it. Okay. October 27th. You know it. We know it. it's only 12 days away from right now. So excited for Stranger Things Season 2. Last week, we got a final Stranger Things Season 2 trailer. Yeah. Really this, good this trailer. action-packed. I'm loving this trailer, and I'm so looking forward to I want to know to how this. many episodes it's going to be. I think it's thir- 10, 13. I don't know. The last one was, what, 13, right? No, it was 10. Was Maybe it? it was 8. I don't know. It was less than I would have thought. Whatever it was, the last season was near perfect yep. in length, in storytelling, and everything. So everyone's favorites are back, and some new, probably minor, but... Sean Astin's in it. Yeah, he's a nurse of some sort, or somewhere. I don't, I don't know if he's field. a nurse. It he's wearing like, scrubs. It looks like he's probably a doctor from that institute. He'll probably be interacting with Will or Eleven or someone. I'm really yeah. excited. And so many questions to fill in. What's Hopper doing? Remember when he got in that weird car with yeah. assume some secretive government agency, but he's back in his, you know, his deputy duds in the trailer. I think the big thing out of out of seeing this trailer is that that the whole world of the upside down is coming is, into Hawkins. Yeah. Something's happening. Loose. So whatever barrier there is that was sort of 
I don't want to say broken down, but definitely loosened and there is little holes punched in it um, where the monster can go back and forth through the upside down and the real world. And something's happening where it's crossing over completely. Like there's two worlds merging here. Yes. And the trailer crafted that beautifully. Yeah. You can see it's, it's getting telegraphed very clearly that this is happening and everybody is kind of getting ready and banding together and, and it seems up. like it's not like oh you're crazy or just the kids are now seeing it because you know that's kind of how like and i'm sure that will be a piece of it yeah where there's only a few people that are going to really believe it's happening and those are the people who lived through the first season basically and you know the kids are gonna say oh something's happening and then their immediate adults like um Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder's character, the mom and and everybody else that was there will kind of start to believe it before everybody else. But probably only when the town actually starts getting taken over in some way will they actually the rest of the town start buying in on this whole thing. Dude, I know there's a lot of shows that come um and make a huge impact, but just of recent history in one season, can you think of another show that's gotten such huge no, just public I really can't like, acceptance and I mean there's t-shirts target has it on the front page of this week's ad for instance it you know i know no that's a lot of marketing and you know cross-platforming but it is crazy in like like little 10 year old kids like school kids are talking about Mm -hmm. wearing t-shirts or something like that the kids look here we are 33 34 years old yeah and we're talking about it so so that this is the magic of stranger things is that it crosses all age groups so seamlessly the same way that, like you mentioned before, a Spielberg film would do, and so I, I'm I'm super excited for this. I I know it's going to be the next big thing. I can't yeah. imagine. If you ask me what I'm doing that weekend, not much of anything other than watching that. I want to knock yeah. it out fast. Yeah, yeah. So the 27th, totally jazzed up for that. So Another Netflix original. Yeah, Punisher. Um, which had a really cool trailer. We discussed our last recording, and it was very secretive as to when it was coming out. Like they did that, like coded matrixy looking thing. Yeah. that's glitching. Yeah, you can't yeah. quite tell. Well, whenever that was scheduled for, it's now been pushed back. Uh, if you'll recall, you know the whole Vegas mess a few weeks ago. In lieu of that, they probably felt it was the right idea to push it back in little little mm-hmm. time to breathe and and you know. Heal. And it makes you wonder if there was something specifically about a mass shooting. I think so. In the Punisher series that they were like, okay guys, this is a little too close to home. Or if they really were just pushing it back because of the idea of gun violence in general. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit of each. Uh you yeah. know, do you remember speaking of superhero stuff when Spider Man had to be a little bit delayed, the original one? Oh, because the Twin Towers, the yeah. Twin Towers, yeah. They even well, had even it in the their poster. posters, right. It had it had a web, a web in between, between the, the two, the two yeah. towers, yeah. So sometimes when stuff like that happens, you gotta, you know, be sensitive. And I think that's probably I think it's the right move. Yeah. But you know, who I'm knows st- who knows exactly why, but I think it is the I'm right move. I'm still really excited for that whenever it does come out. Yeah. Um the the projected guesses from a lot of these sites that report on it, it's still going to be a late fall, early winter release. So hopefully by the end of this year. Hopefully by like October, November. Yeah, but the thing is, is now that Stranger Things is already... Next year, I mean. Yeah, now that Stranger Things is firmly in place, and granted with the hundreds, it feels like, of Netflix originals, I think they don't want to cannibalize themselves too much. Right. You know, so they might let some time go so that Stranger Things gets their highest number of watches, and then... Once it starts to come down, oh, Punisher is ready to pick up that slack. Totally. Because totally. I know a lot of the same people like you and I who watch Stranger Things equally anxious about uh, Punisher, you know. Yep. Pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but now it's it sucks for us that we've got to wait, but 
But hey, if it's the right thing to do and it's the more culturally sensitive thing to do, let's just, we'll live with it. All right, well, I think that's it for television. We are going to move into games. We have quite a bit to talk about. So we have one trailer in particular that we want to discuss, and that is the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer. It really is. It is. When we just got that kind of environmental... Oh, a while ago when they just yeah. were like, just here's some scenery. scenery, here's some scenery, and you didn't get anything about the storyline or the characters. It was just more of a tech demo almost. That's the word for and it. And it yeah. really didn't do it for me. And now we feel quite done by yeah, what they've we've, been... We're getting a good story trailer now. I'm excited. And it gave us a lot about what is in this upcoming game. So what can we decipher from this trailer? We've picked up, and you and I talked about it, and they didn't blatantly say this, but it seems very... If you know the story, then you know it. this is probably how it's going to be. It's a prequel. It is a prequel, because it has certain people in this game that were actually killed off in the last game. So logic would dictate. Right. So it shows the head of the Vanderling gang, who was killed off in the last in the last game. Yes. And it shows a guy named, and I, I didn't know this off the top of my head. I had to look it up. But a guy named Arthur Morgan, it seems, is the character that you're playing as. Mm. And he is a member of the Vanderling gang. Mm. And they also kind of hint about a certain job where they're going to need somebody special to bring in, which you kind of get the idea that that might be John Marsden. So you can see how he got involved in this whole mess from the beginning without really ever being stated in the first one. In the first one, though, they do mention how the gang left him for dead, I think, after a heist. Yes. And so I have a feeling, and this is kind of the prevailing theory, is that you're going to see this heist. You're going to be able to play this heist. And you, as Arthur Morgan, is going to be the one that leaves John Marsden for dead, or what you thought was dead. Oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah. Here's my question. I'm going to love it. I I have full confidence. How much I'm going to love it, that's to be determined. Was it the right move to make this a prequel? I was almost fully expecting sequel, and you were going to be, um, I forget his son's name, but his son, and then it could be like yeah. five years later, and he's going after everyone who betrayed him. Well, that, it's telegraph- But maybe that's like the obvious choice. I don't know. Well, I mean, they showed in the last game that you're kind of at the edge of the cowboy era, where things are starting to be automated. It's getting phased out, yes. And so I, I think it would be a totally different game if you were to get away from Mm. that western genre i think the real logical step was to go backwards makes sense on that regard uh we're springing we're looking at spring 2018 no hard date set but i'm sure that's to come Mm -hmm. and yeah this is uh i feel like i say this a lot when it comes to trailers but it's doing its job it's making me excited and I'm happy to see that we've got some depth. You know there's going to be an online component to it, um, something that was lacking from the first one. It's been seven years. Well, especially after Grand Theft Auto V's just making millions and millions like of dollars. Like the market almost. I mean, they are. They have been in the top 10 best-selling games since they came out. I think 2013 is when I bought it. So, I mean, that's, a, that's ridiculous it for is. a game that old to continually be in the top 10. And it's... Solely because, I mean, they had a great, great story mode. Right, but once everyone played it, what's to keep them coming back? Yeah, and, and the online, sure. they keep on they keep on putting their time and effort and money into improving that online. And I, I'm sure, I can't imagine them just skipping out on that for this game. And I, I appreciate that it's not a separate game like so many games do. Like, oh, there's this game, and then there's this game online. Oh, Elder Scrolls, for example? <laughs> yeah, how'd so, that work out? 
<laughs> not very well for them. No. I, I, I like the idea of being able to connect with your friends and go and do heists and That's stuff gonna like that. It's going to be, that. a, gonna really be like neat. equivalent to what uh, Destiny is known for. It's raids now. Yeah. It's going to be hopefully like that, but with a Midwestern setting, Cowboys. Going to be awesome. Going to be worth the wait. We sure hope. Uh, games we really don't have to wait for already. There's six. There's a lot of games coming out this month. No joke. But six major ones that caught our attention, two of which are already out right now, four of which are coming. Let's just run down the list real quick. South Park, uh, very soon to come out, Fractured Butthole. Shadow of War was the first one to come out this month. Assassin's Creed Origins, Super Mario Odyssey, Evil Within 2, Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Um, Are you going to be playing any of those, and which ones are you kind of hyped for the most? I hope to play... All of them. I know, right? It's such a pack, an impactful month. I can't but, afford it. But there's them. no way I can play them all. And, and I mean, especially like, so if you were to ask me what my top game that I'm most excited about is out of all of those, I'd say Super Mario Odyssey. The only problem is, is I do not have a Switch. So there are already starting to be bundles that are getting pre-orders on oh. Amazon. 380 bucks for a Joy-Con controller, the console itself, two, I forget, accessories to the controllers that make it more, I forget what they're called. Okay. Do they have? And then the game. What about itself. the Pro Controller? I can't remember, but okay. I, I've been seeing. Things. And the Mario game. And the Mario game for three eighty. Wow. So you're paying three hundred eighty or two hundred three hundred bucks. Excuse me for the console, essentially fifty sixty bucks for the game, and then you save a little bit with all the accessories. I think it's like a four hundred ten dollar value for like three eighty. So I th- I bad. think what I'm going to do is I'm basically waiting to feel like I'm going to get a good deal on this. I can't imagine myself not getting this after Black Friday, like uh, on or after Black Friday when there's some sort of bundle out there that makes it totally worth it. It's the only problem be. is, is will I be able to get it? Who knows how Probably many switches not. they'll have available. Yeah, that's going to be, I think, a very divisive thing is not the want to get it, but the ability to get it. Right. I'm really hyped for that game too. I hope you do get it and I'll come by and play and it. play it? Yeah, that sounds good. There's a lot of other games out right now. Shadow of War looks really, really awesome. And it's getting... See, everybody says it's good, but it's pretty much the same game as the last one. That's not a that's not an issue No, but me. it was a really good game. And I, and I... As long as they don't do a quick time final boss fight. I can't stand those. That one did it. That's a that's a gaming sin Did they do me. that at the last one? I don't remember. Yeah. Hmm. But everything I've heard about it makes me want to play it. Yeah. I think my sleeper hit, though. I really want to check out Evil Within 2. It just came out uh, on the 13th, Friday the 13th. Oh. Uh and it looks really Hooray cool. marketing. <laughs> I know, right? It looks really cool. I, I could big... not. I did not like the first one. See, I wasn't a huge fan either. Did you, so? You did you play the first one? <sighs> Probably for a few hours. Okay, so the the first maybe hour of that game is pretty on point. Like I remember the first scene, and it's creepy as shit. And I'm like, oh my god, this game is crazy. And then after that, it just completely loses steam, in my opinion. And I, I don't know. I probably put maybe four hours into it. And after a while, I was just like, I, I can't play this It's been three years anymore. already. Did you know that? And so I'm, I know that they're gonna. This is gonna be a better it's game. It's Bethesda. Like after I know all. that. Well, yeah, but that doesn't For the most always. Part, yeah. yeah. And I love Bethesda. Don't get me wrong, but Bethesda made Evil Within One, right? Yes. And I didn't like it. So it's not a proven that it's gonna be good. But I, I know it's gonna be better. I just, I have to wait and really see if it's worth my time with all of these games coming out, plus November and December games. Mm. I don't know if I'm going to... Fourth quarter's always impact, impacted. We would literally have to be like video game testers to get enough time with all these games. Yeah, no, we that they're on each other's jobs. heels. And like I said, there's even more games. There's like some sports games, a new Gran Turismo. Destiny's coming out on PC. You, we, you're just not going to have time to play all these games. Yeah. 
if I had to kind of divide my time up, I think the other game that I'd probably want to play the most, believe it or not, I really want to play the South Park. I know you weren't mm-hmm. a huge fan of Stick of Truth, but... No, I wasn't. But I'm really excited for this one. I think the one that's kind of dying off for me, as much as I think it's a great franchise historically, Assassin's Creed Origins. If I had to choose to leave one out in the cold, you know, don't get me wrong. Like you said, you still want to play all these, and I hope to as well, as time allows. But if I had to just like cut one off, Assassin's Creed, what have you done for me lately? They're not bad. They're just... But they're the same. And I've been watching some early playthroughs on some you know YouTube yeah. channels. And it just looks like more of the same in Egypt with hippos. Like that's yeah. the only thing I can tell you that's really different about this one. So that would be kind of the one I'm least hyped about. But what a great month for games. Yeah. For real. And I, you know, I'm actually really excited for Wolfenstein too. Wolfenstein Stein too, as well. as well. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Me too. Because uh, so, I really like the first one. It oh, was first kind one of was a, great. It was a first-person shooter that looked the same as everything else. But then you play it and you're like, oh, this is a pretty good game. And it totally divorced itself in a lot of ways, in good ways, from everything it's been in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this one, from the gameplay, I'm like, this looks fun. From the trailer itself, I was like, what the hell are they trying to do with this trailer? The trailer did no favors, let's be honest. And so I'm kind of like split. Like when I see the trailer, I'm like, I'm not interested in that at all. But then when I see the gameplay pieces of it, I'm like, this does look like a good game. And I just, at heart, I like first-person shooters. because, Especially because you could play a first-person shooter, you can get maybe seven to ten hours out of a game and you're done with it and you feel like you're satisfied with it and I, that's those are the kind of games that i like sometimes because i don't have the time to put 40 hours into every game you're right i, I like something like super mario odyssey like i know i'm gonna want to that's what, an own game yes this game you could rent or in and that's your case, probably game what fly. i'll do is i'll game fly it and i'll try I'll, to just play it all the way through and yeah i think i'd be checking out on that level yeah. as well gosh what a great game for months i, I know i already said that but it's true. We had a small window, like our fellow gamers did too, to try out the open beta for Star Wars Battlefront 2. Quick summary of what you thought about it. Uh, I thought it was kind of the same, yeah, but better. I don't know how else to explain it. When we are now inundated with games where every playable character is something completely unique, and of course, a la Overwatch, it's hard for me to get on board with a game that has maybe a few different classes... And all the classes pretty much look the same. Yes. And they don't play that differently from one another. And and also, the way that... So, like, say you're playing against a team that has three different classes, but if all those classes look the same, you don't know what you're up against. You don't know if you're up against a heavy. You don't know if you're up against somebody with a sniper rifle. You know what I mean? Like, so they there's nothing really showcasing a differentiation between the characters. Not a lot of depth. It's not a lot of depth. The world looks absolutely beautiful. Which it did in the first one too. There's no no doubt yes, about it. Yes, and this one's even better as far as that goes. But Scales, gameplay bigger, just seems... Seems like a, a rinse and repeat. And I bought the last one. Did you ever really play it? I mean, well, no, really? that's the thing. I bought the last one being like, I'm going to really get into this. Because you and me, years ago used to just throw the controller back and forth to each other. Oh, back in the and PlayStation we used to play, 2 days. Yeah, Battlefront and Battlefront 2. You and I would just constantly Endless play that life. for hours at a time. I don't and get the same enjoyment from these. No, neither do just I. Something, I don't get it. Because with technology comes better advances usually, but just something... But maybe we have higher expectations. That's true. That could be a possibility. But I just feel like something got lost in translation from the f- previous generation and consoles to, to now. Yeah. And haven't played the beta, and I know there's more to come. And yeah, I'll check it out, but... 
it's not jumping for me. No. I'm just kind of like, I'm going to let that one be. Uh, uh, me too. Especially with 60 bucks at stake, you know, to buy it off the shelf fresh. Who knows? Probably more. Remember the last one, how much they just gouged you for money? Yeah. And, you know, there's been some rumors going around that it's going to be a pay to win kind of setup, which I am. That just boggles my mind. Yeah, that I'm not okay with that. that. I do like how you earn your special characters instead of just happening to run over like, uh, like a, a little fl- icon or floating something. token yeah, yeah. or something like I that. I totally agree. But is that enough to really warrant owning this game? And to me, this is a game you, it's the kind of gameplay it is first person, big battlefield shooter. It's an own game. It's a game you would probably want to own. And I just got to I'm not going to buy it. I'm not no. going to spend the money. And the tie in is, you know, just like it did two years ago before episode seven, it comes out a month before and it shows you some new worlds that will be later seen to what degree in the upcoming movie. I get it, but it almost just seems like it's more of a, a selling vessel than it is intended to be a game itself. Like, wasn't it a coincidence that they revived it right when the new movie was coming out? Well, and I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I no, think there's completely not, but I don't the think... The fans would totally ask for that. Yes, but I just feel like it's not a game first. You know what I mean? The last game really felt it's, really It's hollow. a license first, for yes. sure. and I felt like after a few hours... I saw everything that game had to offer. Apparently, this That's one's going to offer more space combat too, which for me, I wasn't a huge space combat yeah. guy because I suck at it and I get frustrated. It's like when you think about a game where they're like they took a license and they made their own really good, unique game. You think of something like the Batman or the Arkham games, yes. right? And Perfect and it, and you makes you feel like those were the structure of the games were built first, and then the Batman story was put in to in, improve it all. In this case, it feels like they said. Let's make a Star Wars game. And then everything was built around the idea of it being Star Wars, which is not wrong. It's just it makes it so that the gameplay is not put first. You see what the priorities really are. Right. right. Good point. Man, with all these games we just mentioned, I kind of want to pick up an extra shift this week or <laughs> this <laughs> just, month. Just so you can buy it. And then that way you can take off time later on. To actually exactly. Play it, it all yeah. balance out. That right. is pretty much going to put a cap on everything we had to talk about. Would you like to end with an awesome quote in geek history, or should we do Shadow of the Synopsis first? I'm actually drawing a blank on which one we, we do first. We always do Shadow of the Synopsis first. That would mean it is your turn to give me one, and I humbly accept. Okay, so for those of you who don't know how this works, I'm going to read Brandon a synopsis. It could be of anything. It could be a movie, video game, it could be a comic book, it could be a TV show. And Brandon just has to simply guess what the title is that I'm talking about. Yeah, it's simple on paper. We'll see how in actuality it works out. All right. In the small town of San Dimas, a few miles away from Los Angeles, two teenage boys have the dream of starting their own rock and roll band. Unfortunately, they're still in high school and on the verge of failing one of their classes. And if they do not pass their upcoming history report, they will be separated as a result as one of them will be sent off to military school. Luckily, they meet a traveler from the future. He brings the two along, and they travel to various points in history, returning with important figures to help them complete their final history presentation. Do you know what this is? I do, and I'm going to just give it a second to marinate for anyone who's listening, playing along, and thinking hard. Okay. Now that that has happened, I would like to tell you that, I yes, I do know what this is. Um, uh, thanks to, you know, this has crossed a couple different platforms. I remember... When this actually got an animated series in the early 90s okay. to help bolster the movies. Uh, you are referring to the great Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, and George Carlin, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes, I am. And I love the Wild Stallions. <laughs> yes. I actually, in the synopsis, I had that written in, the band name, and I was like, nope. And the way they spell it, like all like Stallions Leonard Skinner, with, with, like, a bunch of Y's. Yeah. I love that movie. And then uh, the lesser 
but still good movie. Bogus Journey. Bogus Journey. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, George Carlin was on point in that movie. All right. Well, good job. I Thank didn't you. stump you. So what is this awesome quote in geek history you're going to show Also us? from another 80s movie, iconic Love as it. it may be. Check out this awesome quote in geek history coming from Three Amigos. I have put many beautiful piñatas in the storeroom, each of them filled with little surprises. Many piñatas? Oh, yes, many! Would you say I have a plethora of piñatas? A what? A plethora. Oh, yes. <laughs> you have a plethora. Jefe, what is a plethora? Why, guapo? Well, you told me I have a plethora. And I just would like to know if you know what a plethora is. I would not like to think that a person would tell someone he has a plethora and find out that that person has no idea what it means to have a plethora. We have many plethoras. Um, I, I love that movie. That is so such a, that's it. I, that's you know, I love factory. that movie. I really do. I find that that's an interesting quote to pull because it's one of the quotes from that movie that I w- would never have thought it's about. It's a sleeper hit. <laughs> a sleeper quote. Oh, how can we forget? We almost forgot. Literally, we talked about it at the top of uh, the show. We have that interview. A very oh, yeah, exclusive, yeah, yeah. special interview to get to. We totally, we teased it. Now we need to please it. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. We're, teaser, we're pleasers, not teasers. So we had an interview with Lucio from Overwatch, one of our favorite characters from video games. Yeah, apparently. really hard to secure. I feel pretty pretty cool that we yeah, got this opportunity. I was I was actually surprised we were able to get him. It was for kind of a short period of time. It was unlike any interview I've ever done. It was very a short with his responses. And, yeah. But yeah. very positive. So anyways, think for yourself, listen for yourself. Check it out. It's Lucio from Overwatch. Hey random fandom listeners and especially all you Overwatch players. This is Brandon and Brandon. And we are here. You won't believe who's here with us. It's one of our favorite Overwatch heroes and Brazilian recording artist, not to mention really awesome soccer player, Lucio Correa dos Santos, or better known to you as Lucio. Lucio. Lucio, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us, I have to say. Speaking for both of us, you're one of our favorite mm-hmm. characters in Overwatch. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, wait, hold on. It, it's a bit loud in here. Can, can you hear us in your headphones? Turn it up! Hey, Mike. Mike, can we turn his headphones up, please? Okay. Hey, how's that? Is that good? Raising the volume. Oh, yeah! All right, then let's get into it. Oh, let's break it down! Thank you. Great. Love the enthusiasm. Yeah, love it. So, Lucio, it's, it's really good to finally meet you, bro. Hello, hello. How are you, man? I'm on top of the world! Great. Glad to hear you're doing so well. You are a pretty positive person, uh, after oh. all. I'm sorry. I, I'm just, I just dropped all my notes. I'm sorry. How are you doing? Yeah, let's pick it up! I, I did. I'm sorry. I'm just... I'm a huge fan, Lucio. I'm just... I have to admit, I'm just a little bit nervous. Yeah, he's kind of going through a hard time here. Hey, come on. Keep your head up. Thanks, Lucio. Ah, uh, look at this team. We're going to do great. Um, you know what? So, uh, so first, I, I do have to ask a question that's not on script here. I just heard a rumor. Did I hear that you and Tracer are now an item? Oh, man. I can't even take you seriously right now. All right, fair enough, but, you know, you should know people are talking, and that's enough for some to believe it's actually a thing. (laughs) You believe that? I don't even know what to tell you. No, 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 I'm not saying we believe it, but just as game journalists... We had to ask. Got to make the ask. Mm -hmm. Hi. Lucio, hold on, you're getting awfully close to that candle. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, Lucio, man, you okay? I I think that's smoke. Woo, I am on fire. Oh, my God, give me that extinguisher. Here, give me that extinguisher. give us the extinguisher. (laughs) 
too young to die. Oh, yeah, yeah, now that's more like it. Well, man, I hope nobody saw that. <laughs> oh, man, are you okay? Seriously, are you all right? Good as new. You sure? That looked like it hurt. Oh, man, I feel great. You have some burns, Lucio. Here, here take these bandages. Let's get patched up. All right, now that's all good. Should we get back to the interview? Aye, let's take it from the top. Well, we don't really have time to start over, so if you don't mind, we're just going to continue on. Right. Now, we've heard that, you know, you do a pretty spot-on P. Diddy impression. Mm -hmm. You mind if we get a little piece of that? Can't stop, won't stop. Wow, dude, that was yeah, good, right? Was as good, good as advertisement. Yeah. Now, Lucio, you're one of the most played characters across all platforms. All of and, them. And yet, some say you're a bit overpowered. Now, what's your response hmm. to that kind of negative talk? I'm not hearing that noise. If you could say anything to those haters, what would that be? Why are you so angry? Now, I'm sure you heard recently that Mercy was just amped and had some major changes to her special and her ultimate ability. Brandon here doesn't really like those changes. Nope. As a fellow healer, what do you think about the game developers amping Mercy like that? I'm not all that excited about this arrangement either. Man, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I'm, I'm with you, Lucio. Yeah, I, I don't mind it, though. Uh, you know what? Sorry, we're running out of time here, uh, so we only have time for one more question. Yeah, let's move it, people. Okay, Lucio, you're known for your positivity and your upbeat beliefs and that you can affect change through your music. And, you know, we're living in such a time of social consciousness and a lot of activism. It's all over the news and social media. With the climate of things here in this country and just the world at large, given that, how would you encourage people to go about simply just taking care of themselves? Sorry, loaded question, but... Have some Lucy O.O.'s! Ah, there it yep. is. Good answer. Not a bad <laughs> idea getting the plug in. Yeah, and I, I love how you have just such a quick answer for such a complicated question. All right, man. Until we talk to you again. Stay geeky. So thank you so much to Lucio from Overwatch yeah, for, for giving Blizzard, us the time. Um, we met him over at the the pl interviewing place, place. yeah, place with the interview, yeah, thing and that the we mics. Did. And uh, we're very happy and honored that we were given just even that those few minutes that we were given to talk. It makes to you him. wonder what could be next. You have to tune into the random fandom with Brandon and Brandon to find out. And I think it's nice instead of having a song at the end, we got an interview. Yeah, there is a plethora. Of ways you can get a hold of us. Nice, yes. The first of which is our email. We love hearing from you guys. Randomfandomcast at gmail.com. Pay attention to what we're doing with our Twitter, random at randomfandomwbb. Check out this episode and all our previous episodes, all our future episodes on any SoundCloud, any Stitcher, iTunes, whatever your preferred podcasting resources are. And while you're there, please give us a review. We if it's five stars or one five stars. stars. Yeah, but we'll take it. We let just want to let listening. you It really does matter. It keeps us going. It's our lifeblood over so, these waves. Yeah. So until we talk to you again. Thanks for being a fan of our fandom, you guys. Stay geeky.